Welcome to HACCP Mentor, where it's all about helping you make your food business compliance easier. Sit back and relax as we get our food safety, HACCP and quality compliance on. Welcome to episode four of Off the Menu. I'm here with Peter Holtman. Hello. And this is our podcast that we've been doing, looking at the professional development and career path of food safety and quality professionals. Absolutely. Or Hello, people. Amanda from Hassett Mentor. <laughs> Hello. Now, looking for these food safety and quality people working in the food industry, obviously, but maybe you're not at that level yet. Maybe you're just doing general work in the food industry. So this applies to everybody. So in this episode, we get into actually getting the previous episode, we did the that was finding the employer of choice. Yeah, and looking for opportunities looking and stuff for the like that. Looking opportunities, finding the job. Yeah, and so this time we're going to look at, okay, so you've you found your dream job or the area that you want to work in and the employer that you want to work for. You've applied for the job and you've been granted an interview. So we're going to look at- Congratulations. <laughs> so we're going to now look at how do you actually go and pitch yourself to be the best candidate during that interview process. Absolutely. Okay, so we've got maybe kind of four areas we're going to break down this little chat about. So our first one is understanding self. So, Pete, can you talk a bit more about that with your coaching background? Absolutely. Give us your wisdom, Pete. Wisdom, Pete. It's a bit early in the morning for that, isn't it? Everyone got a drink in hand. Well done. It's Understanding five self. Somewhere. Yeah. This <laughs> what we what we really mean here is what do you know about yourself and, and where are your best qualities and best strengths? So we're talking about things like what do you work ethics? How do you like to work? Are you a, a morning person? Are you are you a night person? Do you work hard? Do you consider yourself as a hard worker? Are you a loyal person to an organization or are you always looking for the next opportunity? Are you good in teams or do you prefer to work alone? Do you consider yourself trustworthy? Amanda, are you a trustworthy person? (laughs) Yes, I think maybe I am. Yeah? (laughs) Not caught with your hand in the till? No, well, no, no, no. No, No, knocking off early on Fridays for drinks with the mates? I have been known to do that. Indeed. When you um, work alone, maybe that's quite sad that you do that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's called drinking alone, people. <laughs> there we go. Are you a fair weather worker? Do you have trouble getting to work on a on a rainy or a cold day? For you, it's no definitely big. not because no. no. You, you just walk across the from the kitchen, kitchen to the next room. Yeah, That's it. so not for me personally. Are these sorts of things get tested. Like I've been an employer and the CEO of an organisation, and people turn up for interviews, or they're even now they're employed and they're they're turning up late for work on a consistent basis. And there always seems to be some credible or plausible story as to why they're late. Was that the dog ate my phone? The dog ate no. my phone. The dog ate my car keys. That's right. Yeah, my kids have a flat tyre, something yeah. something along those lines. Yeah, the traffic lights all turn blue today, whatever it might be. <laughs> That's a Jimi Hendrix reference Please. for those who, who need to know. So what we're, what we're talking about is the ethics around that. Will you get yourself to work on time and are you concerned about employers time and resources here's an example of something i really don't never never liked it's uh someone someone, you as the employer yes yeah and people used to say this to me a lot it's and it was around spending money in an organization and people say doesn't matter it's the company's money well 
you know, I'm the CEO, so the company is me at the end of the day, so you're spending my money. Yes. Yeah, so that really annoys me. These are the ethics. So how would you and, describe And that money yourself? might not be around like physical asset or something physical. It could be time. It's time. Yeah, so not yeah. showing up showing or showing up late 15 yeah, minutes. It's other people's time. It's yeah. other people's resources. It's taking something like stationary home from work, things like that. No one's going to notice those things, right? You take a ream of photocopy paper home. Because <laughs> the, the kids have got the a project to do. Yeah, the kids have got a project. Or you've yeah. run out in your own printer at home. That's exactly right. So this is what we mean by ethics. How would you describe yourself when you turn up to an employee? These, believe it or not, these are the little niggly things that employers can lose sleep over. Is you know, am I getting another one of these people who yeah. thinks it's okay to and do And they'll generally these generally test and see whether you how you fare in those type of attributes by asking their questions that they ask. Yeah, they're wrong. Um, yeah, so they're- obviously, if you turn up late to your interview, that's not you're not off to a good start. No, that's exactly right. Uh, and that's probably the very first thing, that particularly someone like myself notices is, are you on time? Are you a little bit early? I like people being a little bit early. Yes. It doesn't mean turn up a day early and camp out the front with a, with a sleeping bag. <laughs> well, because you got the dates wrong. Yeah, yeah, because you got the dates wrong, exactly <laughs> I right. I thought it was today was the interview. Oh, it's tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, I've yeah. just got three trains and a bus. That's it. Sleep in my car in the car park. That's thing. it. Yeah. <laughs> So we're interested in in what are your ethics? So you as a person, again, remember that your behaviours are often choosing the work that you're looking for. So we're choosing you based on not only knowledge and skills but behaviours, personal attribute as well. And they're the very first things we'll notice, you know. So this you- is where you're asking then for the – before they get into that interview, they need to – do a self-assessment and Absolutely. just see they, where they sit with all of that stuff. Yeah, and you know, we're not asking you to pour your heart out and be, you know, incredibly transparent. Oh, you know, I've, you know, I, I can't get myself motivated because I'm feeling depressed at the moment, and you know, it's because my cat left me, and uh, you know, I, I can't, I just can't seem to find my purpose in life and all that. That's uh, that's not what we're looking for here. We're looking for what makes you a, a reliable employee. That's, that's what we really mean by work ethics here. Okay, so another area when we start to look at understanding self is motivation. Yeah, so what motivates understanding you? what motivates you. Yeah, wh- why are you here? There's, there's a big question. Why are you here on our doorstep? Why have you chosen us? Why have you applied for this role? Why are you sitting in this interview right now? Is the motivation money? Is the motivation status? So I'll give you an example. I have worked on boards where people have only taken a role on the board purely for the status of being a director on that board. Yeah. But you get them there and they actually don't do anything. anything. And so they're, they're – So they want it for their resume, basically. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're padding their resume. So, you know, it's dead weight that you're carrying. So same thing if you're an employee. If you're just there because, oh, you know, look at me, I've got a job at Google, for instance. Mm. Well, that's great. But um, you know, what are you doing for Google now that you've got in the door? You're, if you're going to trade off the name, you know, what are you giving back to that organisation? So what motivates you? And, you know, if, if you're already employed and you're going for the next role up, people want to understand what motivates you to take on the next level of responsibility and authority because that's what it is. You know, you're, you're yeah. being promoted based on a responsibility, more people, more resources. So that's if you're outcomes. going for that, say, you're already working in industry and you want to upskill or up, not sorry, not upskill, you want to move in, 
or move up the ladder. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're heading upwards. So it's definitely about responsibility. And then the next one is about authority as well. What can you make decisions on that's going to impact those further down the chain or around you? It's that whole 360 approach. What are you managing up, down and sideways? So what's the the final thing? We're only going to touch on about three, about what we should be looking at when we're – we're just getting ourselves prepared yep. for the whole interview process. So this is the stuff that we want to do before we actually get into the interview. Yeah, this is about so. your future goals now. So where do you see your you taking your career? Where do you see your career taking you even? So what is it about you that's going to move you through this organisation and help the organisation meet its goals yep. as well? And that might take us back to what we talked about in episode two was having a good understanding of, of, you know, what it is that you actually want to do. Or even if you don't know what you want to do, what you think you could be good at based yep. on your attributes, skill, knowledge levels That's at it. that point in time in your life. So being able to have a good understanding because I can guarantee that you will be asked questions in the interview around those three things. So you need to do a bit of preparation before you get to the interview so you can answer those questions the, quite succinctly. Yeah, the interviewers and the employers only glean so much from your resume and so they, they don't know you from the next guy that's walking through the door. So you need to be really quite clear about what it is about you that they can plan against as well. So the future goals is very much how do we plan for this person staying and being loyal. Mm. And Because there's a lot of money spent in bringing a new employer, a new employee on board yep. and then training them, inducting them, and then to have that person leave after two weeks, that can be highly, highly frustrating for an employer. It's not uncommon for an employer to spend upwards of $30,000 to invest in an employee coming into an organisation. And when you're getting into the executive roles, just the recruitment costs alone can be $60,000 plus just to recruit the person, let alone onboarding them and, and all the other associated paraphernalia that goes with that. So it's an expensive exercise. Yeah. So you need to know you've got the right person coming in. Yeah, yeah. So in that side of it, you're then obviously going to go through this interview process. Sometimes it'll be a short interview. Sometimes it'll be long. Maybe it's a stage process where you have to do, I think we touched on it in the last episode, around maybe do some psychometric testing they may ask for you to do all of that stuff before you apply absolutely or you could actually be quite proactive and have that stuff already done and provide those results because then they can get a little bit more insight you can actually kind of help your resume in that if you included your psychometric results in your resume to say this is what I'm good at this is the testing I've had done this is how I believe that how I've tested in the positive areas can help your organisation and I think that's going to make you a more employable person compared to the person who hasn't done that, who you're up against. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's very clear differences in behaviours and personalities for someone that's going for a sales or communications role versus someone that's going for a scientific or accounting role. I mean, the last thing you want is rocking up with a, a more innovative or less detail-focused set of profiles and behaviours when you're going for a role that demands extreme attention to detail yeah, and, and, compliance. and focus and, and, and yeah. uh, compliance because it's just not going to work for you. Yeah, or it's not going to work for the employer. That's it. So we've 
we're now in the interview phase. Yep. We've sat down. We've done our introductions. We've made sure we've been early and we've got there. So, Pete, how should we go through and conduct ourselves from a, let's say, a a personal behaviour perspective? Absolutely. What are, can you give me three things that we should really focus on? Absolutely. Be organised. Know what you want to talk about. Know what they're likely to ask you and have answers prepared for a lot of those. But also be prepared to... to respond off the cuff as well. They will always try and throw in a question that's not in a standard interview process because they're trying to see how you can think on your feet or respond. So be organised. Have your papers with you if you need to bring references or resume, any qualifications that you might have to show. Have references or referees ready as well. And And the the employer's going to have a lot of that information already because they've done that. But I think it's always a good idea to have it there. Absolutely. As well, because they may, if you, especially if you've got a panel who are interviewing you, you may have three or four people and they might start flicking through that stuff whilst the other person's asking the questions. That's it. And be really mindful when you're organizing yourself of how much time you would likely get for an interview. Don't go in there thinking you're going to get a, you know, a an five, hour. Yeah, an hour. When <laughs> or you might five have, minutes. Yeah, or when you might have 15 minutes to, to kill. So maybe that's part of the process when you're accepting a, an interview. Maybe ask them at the time you know, how long does the interview last so you can prepare your time accordingly. Yeah. So one of the other big things when we're going through this in, interview process is to be confident. Absolutely. So I think um, as an employer. Yeah, employers are looking for confident people. The last thing we want is someone is walking through the door saying, oh, I'm not really sure I can do this role. What do you think? Uh, (laughs) uh, I'm not sure I can meet the time requirements. Is there some flexibility in that? The the vagaries and uh, being nebulous around your skills and how you're going to apply is not going to wash with an employer. Yeah, especially if they've they've said what the job role is through their job description and they've also said what the expected hours of work is. Yeah. You know, if they've said, okay, it's nine to five or it may be a salary position yeah. where, you know, you may find out what the expected, what does salary position hours actually mean? Yeah. It doesn't mean 20 hours after, over your 38-hour week or 40-hour yeah. week or whatever you, you believe yeah. to or be. When can you just, start? Oh, I don't know. I'll, uh, I'll get back to you. Yeah, I'll get back to you on that Yeah, one. yeah I'll get yeah. – <laughs> Yeah. So we want we want you to be confident yep. during that interview process. Yeah. And that's and being confident is about answering the first part of this, which is know yourself. So know what yep. you can and can't do. And that also might mean knowing that this interview isn't going to work out for you and all them. And so if it isn't right for you, just be just be honest. You know, yes. saying this uh, I don't think this is going to work. Yeah. Yeah. But thanks for your time anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's quite valuable because you're saving everybody a lot of time and money. Yeah. The last thing you want to do company. is accept a job when you know in yourself it's not right. Yes. And then you have to go through this whole process of, oh, yeah, I've gone through induction, it's not fitting. And then someone calls you and saying, you don't look comfortable, you don't look happy here. You don't want to go through that process. It no. doesn't, doesn't bode well. That's right. And then our third thing is... I know it's quite it's a little thing, but being able to project your voice during that interview process, which kind of ties hand in hand with being confident, because you may have people who can't hear correctly, or I shouldn't say correctly, cannot hear clearly, yeah. clearly because you're either mumbling, you're very softly spoken, because that will basically display a level of that you don't 
you're not displaying confidence. It's about presence, I guess. It's uh, have a presence in the room. Don't be the uh, you know one of the shadows in the corner. People are looking for you to stand out. And if there's someone outside waiting to do the interview that has a presence and you don't, then the attention's going to be drawn to that person. Yeah. So if you're quiet or unsure how to answer questions, leave large gaps in your conversation, softly spoken. Do you think that's a nervousness though sometimes with people or do we just kind of got to get over that? Look, I, I think it can be and there is nothing wrong with calling it out yourself. Look, I, I'm, I'm feeling a bit nervous. Please let me know if you need me to speak up. That's that's fine. You know, it's uh, everyone's a human. Not, we're not robots going into a room. You can't be perfect. So call some of these things out. Without drawing too much attention to... Yeah, like, oh, you know, I'm getting a tingly bladder. Can I go to the, yeah. can, I, can I do wee now, please? <laughs> Something like that. Probably should have thought about that before. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, things, things happen. But I think uh, employers recognise that people have human qualities and human capabilities. And it doesn't mean you sit there bolt upright like a soldier in the chair and, you know, push through and I can do everything. Well, well I suppose it comes back to the job you're applying for as yeah, well that yeah. you're being interviewed for. That's right. Are you being interviewed to be a process worker or are you being interviewed to be a manager? Captain America. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's kind of going to be. Yeah, so presence presence comes with knowing what's what's required and uh, and adjusting yourself accordingly. Yeah, okay. So we're in this interview process and one of the, one of the first questions, we're going to go through a couple of common questions that you would get asked during an interview, but the first thing that people tend to want to know is, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, Pete. So how should we answer this question? You do not have four hours and 37 minutes to give them a detailed discourse of you, why you exist, what's your favourite colour and purpose in life. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry, this is not going to work. You need to tell a story of you in a, in a short, punchy manner. Yeah, so, so a bit like an elevator pitch. I guess say, it's a it's an elevator. If you've ever heard of that terminology. Yeah, so before. elevator pitch is it, you know, obviously if you're standing in an elevator next to someone and they say who are you and what do you what do? do, you that, do? Yeah, that you've got something quick before the elevator yeah. doors open at the next floor. Yeah. So that's that's part of it. I think you should tell them about what what you're passionate about, either interests inside and outside of work because that that speaks to a lot of who you are. Yeah. That's really important. Definitely tell them about your interests and that could be interest in work and in, and in career. They might ask you what you do outside of work. Are you married? Do you have kids? Do you have pets? Whatever it is because that shows a level of commitment and authority and responsibility that might be important for the role. So don't be afraid to speak up about yeah. those things. And obviously just make sure the interests that you do have out of work align with the, I don't know, the social. Yeah. That's right. And look, I think one of the yeah, really... The, what do you call it? The mission of the business? Yeah, the vision and the mission and the culture yeah. of the place. And If uh, they talk about trustworthy, obviously you're not robbing banks on the weekend. Some people will have done some research and would, would have looked at your, your Facebook profile or your LinkedIn profile. And so that's going to tell them some parts of a story. Be careful what you do say on, on Facebook. And Yeah, social. Yeah. <laughs> And the arguments you get in with people on LinkedIn. Yeah, so if you've got a really interesting Facebook profile like Kinko the Clown or something like that, people are people are going to want to know something <laughs> about that. that children's birthday parties on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, you know, something, yeah. Dog tamer or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. So when you finish that job, what did you go on to next? Uh, clown school. <laughs> yeah, clown exactly. So, uh, look, people are interested in you as a person because they want to know how you're going to gel and fit as 
part of a bigger team, as part of a bigger entity. It's rare that you're going to be sitting in a corner by yourself doing yeah. stuff. So don't be afraid to talk about yourself. Yeah, and you can probably actually say if you've had some bizarre background, it's a complete career change, you can say how the skills that you learnt being a mortician now can transfer into management. Management <laughs> <laughs> can now transfer into this current position that you're going for. Sure. You know, if that's what yeah. you're doing. So instead of then they focus on, oh, my goodness, if they're a mortician. Yeah. Nothing wrong with morticians. No. So, but let's talk about the the transferable skills. Yeah, so I think if you're definitely jumping out of character in terms of, okay, so your last five jobs happened in the last three months, what's that all about? Then there's there's likely to be some story behind yeah. that. So be prepared for those sorts of things. Yeah. Or, yeah, you were a mortician, now you're going for a manager in a, in a fast-moving consumable goods organisation. So you're making, you know, making breakfast cereal for an instant. Why on earth would you leave that to come to this? Come and to so this. something's something's attracted you to, to the, the industry, the role and the organisation. Yeah. You have to have that down pat. Be yeah. ready for that. So when we look at those like kind of standard questions, we're just going to touch on a few of the standard questions that you will get asked during an interview. It's, you know, you'd be guaranteed that you'd be asked one of these questions yeah. and how you should respond or prepare. So, again, it's all about preparation before you get into the interview that you have your your key, what you're going to say to these questions and make it quite short and snappy. You don't want to be dragging it out. Yeah. Okay. So the first question being, you know, what, what actually attracted you to our company? Yeah, there's got to be motive. You, you, you're not here just because, you know, it was next door to your house. Maybe you are. I don't oh know. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> like a pretty good gig to it me. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> but there's got to be something that says you value that company just as they're valuing you as a potential employee. So there's got to be that value statement there. Uh, I like your company because I read your, your vision statement and your mission statement and it really means something to me. I like your company because I looked at you on – glass doors and there's lots of reviews there on on the glass doors website that says you're an employer of choice or uh, I like the fact that you have a social social focus or that you've got uh, social responsibility whatever it is uh, yeah. make sure there's a, a, a decent response yeah. that shows that you've invested time in understanding the business and it aligns with your ethics yes that sounds like a good one another one is um, especially so if you're already you're coming from another industry or another job, Obviously, the question I'll ask is, why did you leave your last job? Arsony. Arsony. <laughs> theft. Yeah, theft. That's right. Grand theft auto. You know, worked All in a that car yard. Stuff. That's it. Forgot to show up. Yeah. No, know, didn't know I was employed. <laughs> they're things that you wouldn't say. Yeah, probably the, avoid that. In the interview. So you can be honest around this. Yeah. Because again, you want to be able to giving you want to give them a heads up. And it may have been you know, purely personal reasons. And you can talk yep. about, okay, I just wasn't feeling satisfied. I felt like there was no room for growth in that particular business. There was no pathway for me to yep. to move on into the business or yep. through the business. I love the business, but there just wasn't any, you know, reason. It could, you know, you can talk about redundancy or maybe your partner or husband or wife or whatever got a transfer to this new area Absolutely. so you've had to transfer so you can talk about that type of yeah. stuff and obviously be honest about it yeah uh, nothing piques an employer's interest is reading a resume where you've had you know uh, a new job every 12 months yeah people want to know that now for whatever the reason that sits behind it people are going to want to know the answer 
Yes, they, absolutely. They'll need an explanation. You're telling them nothing or being, you know, diffuse about the answer. Oh, you know, there were there were reasons behind yes. it. I prefer not to go into. Okay, thank you. Come again. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Now, one of my um, favorite questions, always, is where I'm, do you I'm bracing s- myself? Where do you see yourself in? 45 years' time, Pete. That's my favourite question and my usual response is none of your business. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I, land on a beach I, somewhere. I'm going to get this out here early. I see no value or relevance or interest in this question. I know there's there's probably papers written on it everywhere as it talks about commitment, it talks about achievement, it talks about, you know, um, paying back the company, it talks about tr- whatever it is. I can't see any value in that. We don't employ people as career workers anymore. anymore. It doesn't exist anymore. I think if you've got someone for five years, you're doing really well. Mm. I think it's just the the nature of the the next generations that are coming through and the nature of business that you just don't keep people for that long. If you do, I think that's something to celebrate. But And that'll all come back to company culture and and things like that. That you you make it as a business, you make it hard for someone to leave. As in they don't want to because you're looking after your staff. Yep. If that's the case. So So forty five years time, what are you gonna be like? Ninety five? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I'll be uh, drinking (laughs) drinking tequila and getting lucky, hopefully. That's right. Look at Keith Richards style. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger. Fathering his two hundred and twenty seventh child or something, isn't he? Something like that. Oh, that's that. something to look forward to. So, look, I, how would you ever prepare for this question? My first response would be, how dare you, and walk out of the interview. My next response. <laughs> <laughs> be serious, Pete. Yeah. So uh, I get asked, like, okay, so the person gets asked a question, where do you see yourself in five years' in time? In five years' time. Yeah, you, know, you can be witty. You can be a smart ass. Yeah, I'm going to be in your job, you know. Uh, yeah, that's been said to me a few times. So I've had people Say that come with in. a smile on your face. Yeah, yeah. Some, and people have asked that of me as well and, well, just so happens that in one case it did turn out that I had their job uh, oh. <laughs> in, in less than five years. But, uh, look, I think what you the way you want to answer is that you've, you've developed your skills, you've developed your work experience and you've developed your ability to problem solve and make decisions on a, on a more complex, on a higher level, yeah. with more complexity. Yeah. And so, so you I didn't think, really answer the question for me, Pete. Well, that is that's how again. I see myself having my skills developed. Right, so when I say to you, where do you see yourself in five years' time, you're going to say? Um, uh, I have a much broader set of skills that uh, can be applied into a business to help solve problems and make decisions and can lead teams of others in a more confident manner. Right, okay. Yeah. So and I won't be here. Thank you very much. Oh, <laughs> just okay. Just a caveat yeah. there, don't say that last no, bit. No, don't say that last <laughs> bit. Yeah. Or maybe you do. I don't know. Okay, another common question is what are your strengths? Yep. Which is always counter then done is what is your weaknesses? Oh, but yeah, my, other, my next favourite question. So, so I think your, this what is, are your strengths? Yeah, this is about understanding yourself, right? So when you sit down and you talk about your strengths, well, I'm a good communicator. I'm, uh, I form and develop networks well and, and readily. I'm excellent at solving problems and I have very good use of logic processes to make decisions. And that's all very good in food safety and quality because of the non-conformances and root cause analysis sure. and getting to the bottom of problems and solving them and making sure they don't reoccur again. So that's yeah. a very good Things happen strength to every have. day in the food business, whether you're making food, transporting or whatever. The, the, the issue is when things go wrong, can you solve it? Because if you don't solve it, the likelihood that you're going to poison 
harm, injure or kill someone increases. Mm. So there's a lot more responsibility for you and for anyone working in the food industry to ensure that you can identify problems, solve them or seek resources, solutions, others to help you solve those problems. Yeah, okay. So that's a strength thing and you kind of alluded to the fact that when someone asks you what are your weaknesses, it's not a question that, you know, because whoever says that, you know, and the stock standard answer you might go back with is none. I don't have any weaknesses. Mm. Yeah, cross-country water polo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, if you I have a passion for betting on cross-country water polo. (laughs) If you can... (laughs) If you could actually find something, a weakness that doesn't really relate to the job and, yeah, you, yeah, can, you look, can whack a bit of humour in there if you want to I, but you've got to read the situation obviously. Yeah, I, I think it's about they want you to show that, you know, you are fallible or that you do make mistakes. I think what you'd say is. Don't use that one that says, you know, I, I don't like to ask for help. Yeah, yeah, I work, I work alone better. Yeah. yeah. I ate my last employer. <laughs> Something like that. I, I think what you'd you'd say here is is my ability to fully understand the requirements of this business at this point in time, and how how my strengths can best be applied. That would be a weakness. Yeah. Which means that you you have the capacity for learning. Yeah, which is what all employers want. They yeah. want to know that you can grow in the position yeah. as well. Yeah. So another final question then is, common one you get asked is, how are you going to be or benefit our business or be an asset to our yeah. business. This is the payback question, isn't it? Is we're, we're employing you, so what are you giving us back yeah. in return? And so I think this is where you research the business and you say, well, you know, I, I think I can help you achieve your goals. I think I can be an asset. And talk about what those goals are so it shows that you've actually done a bit of research. Yeah. You know, yeah. stay stay number one in the snack food market yeah. or, you know, remain recall free. That could be one yeah. of their achievements that they've had. And you can you might be thinking, well, okay, so I'm going to be a forklift operator in a warehouse for a food company, for instance, or I'm going to be a better yet, I'm going to be an internal auditor for a for a food company doing a first and second party supplier audits yeah. for an organization. How are you going to be an asset? I'm going to help reduce a number of risks that are entering the organization that we don't have to manufacture out when it when it yeah. reaches our production lines. Yeah. That's how you're being That's a an great, asset. great response, that one. Yeah. Write so, that one down, um, guys. There you go. Get that one down. <laughs> yeah. I won't remember it, so don't ask me at the end yeah. of this. <laughs> Maybe I'll write that That's one down. That's my weakness is short-term memory loss. That's, yeah. It's all what? that It's all that betting on cross-country what? water polo. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. It's coming back to bite you now. <laughs> every time. Every time. Lack of oxygen. <laughs> okay. So that wraps up episode four. Thank you again, Pete. Thank um, you, Amanda. We're on Off the Menu series looking at professional development and the career path for food safety quality professionals and workers within the food industry. Now, I think next episode we are going to start actually looking at the different levels of workers. So you're now in the business. That will be our next phase. Yeah, it's your competency. And then it's competency. Yeah. And, and so we're going to start delving into what what knowledge you need, what skills you need, what attributes, and then move you up through those levels from coming in first up being a novice to coming out at the other end being an expert. So join us next time on Off The Menu where we go into Episode 5. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to HACCP Mentor. For all your food business, HACCP, quality and food safety compliance tools, check out our website at www. 
passivementor.com. You can also find all the links and resources mentioned in the show notes to this episode.